Now, the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And Father God, today as we begin the celebration of your coming to this earth, I pray that your Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us right now into all truth and wisdom. And Father, I pray for those who walked into this room here this afternoon, and for them, uh, Christmas does not necessarily bring joyful memories. There's the loss of a loved one. There's the distance between them and someone they love. There's pain that they experienced in their youth this time of year. There's pain that they've experienced recently. And God, I pray that today for wherever we are, wherever everyone in this room walked in, wherever we are, whatever we are carrying with us, God, I thank you. And I pray that you would be Emmanuel to us today. You here with us. And we thank you so much that you chose to be with us in the form of a human, one who understands everything that we go through. And we thank you that you didn't stay in the wooden manger, but you chose willingly to allow yourself to be placed on a wooden cross so that we could have forgiveness of sins and life everlasting. Help us to make that divine connection from Christmas to what happened at Easter. May you be with us now as we take a look at how you, the baby, changed everything. May you lead us and guide us this afternoon. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. I hope you guys are doing well. See, you all are the smart ones. You're the ones that got your shopping done early, right? All right, because you know that all the retail stores are closing right about now. And so you thought ahead and you said, you know what? We're going to get it all done early and we're going to come to Christmas Eve at 3 o'clock. Thank you very much. We really appreciate you guys doing that. My name's Todd. For those of you I don't know, I'm the lead pastor here. And I'm really excited that you guys are here for our Christmas Eve service. And you're helping us out tremendously because traditionally the last two services are kind of standing room only in here. So I promise I won't like drag this out so that you're like, you know, out there with all the other cars coming in. Okay, I promise you that. And how about this weather, as Cynthia mentioned, isn't this awesome? 
So right now in Minneapolis, Minnesota, if you're like, you know, kind of like I am and you like a colder Christmas, you know, you like to have a fire and all that, just think about Minneapolis where it's 36 degrees and there's ice that's coming from the sky, okay? So just think about freezing rain is about to move in there. So it could be much, much worse. It's beautiful, 75 degrees. Hey, I have a question for you. Have you ever had an experience where you gave a gift or you received a gift and the gift that you gave or the gift that you received was rejected? Have you ever had that experience? you ever rejected a gift? Have you ever said no to a gift? Or have you ever had someone in your life that you gave a gift to and you put thought into and they rejected it? Uh, when I was a kid, I was born in 1973. Go ahead and you can do the math. It's fine. 43. I'll just tell you that. I was born in 1973. And if you were a child in the 1970s, especially if you were a, a young guy in the 1970s and 80s, um, you, you were probably a fan of Star Wars. All right? Not the version that we have today. But the old version, you know, back in the 1970s, George Lucas and the whole thing, okay? So I was a huge Star Wars guy. I mean, my dad and I got to go see The Empire Strikes Back when it came out in 1980, and we, we had a VCR. There was this thing called a VCR years ago. Anyway, it was, uh, it, it was in every home, and it sat on top of the TV, and it didn't look anything like a Blu-ray player. But anyway, we had a VCR, and we rented the original Star Wars, and I became a huge fan. And so from 6 till about 10 years old, I collected as much as I could. Every time, like, I got an allowance, I would put it aside, and I'd go buy one of the characters, you know, R2-D2 or, you know, Han Solo or whatever the case may be. And so I collected them. I had the Millennium Falcon. I had this little Death Star thing. Some of you are like, man, you were really geeked out. I wasn't that geeked out on it, but I really, I collected it all. And uh, so I, I just loved it. And so for, for, if I got good grades, which didn't happen too often, I'd get, you know, maybe a character or whatever, action figure. And so that was my life, like, from 6 to 10 years old. It's what I collected, and um, I hate it because when I graduated from college, my mom asked me one day, hey, do you want me to keep this stuff, or do you want it to be sold in our, our yard sale? And I said, no, nah, I don't need it. <laughs> And I think I threw away, like, my greatest, probably, fortune that I ever could have had. Anyway, uh, so, <laughs> anyway, but um, and I was really into that. And I remember one particular Christmas, because every Christmas I would get something Star Wars. And I remember this one particular Christmas. I was so excited, and Christmas kind of came and went, and, and I didn't receive anything Star Wars. And I was disappointed. I was probably about nine years old, and I was pretty disappointed. But there was one box left underneath the tree, and it had my name on it, and, and I held out hope that that contains something, Star Wars, right? And, and it was wrapped, it was in a shirt box. And I thought, well, you know, usually if it's in a shirt box, that means a couple of the action figures are in there, and this is going to be awesome, and I'll be so excited. And I opened it up, and, and, and I was just so excited when I opened that box, and I opened it up, and inside was a collared shirt that I could wear to school, a pair of socks, and a belt. <laughs> and it was hard for this nine-year-old to contain how disappointed I was Except my dad and mom brought me up that you are not supposed to be a spoiled brat. But I got to tell you, in that moment, I wanted so bad to be a spoiled brat. I did not get anything Star Wars. And I really kind of was a brat because later that night, my grandparents came over and I got some Star Wars stuff. But in that moment, I got to tell you, I was like, I'm never going to wear that shirt. I'm never going to wear those socks and a belt. Come on. Really? Are you kidding me? Sorry if that's what you're getting this year. <laughs> But, you know, I realized as I got a little bit older and a little more wise in my life that my parents loved me, and they were just getting something that was a necessity. And they were getting something for me that was something that I needed. And in that gift, they demonstrated 
their love for me, just like they did in a gift of the Millennium Falcon or something, Star Wars. And there I was at nine years old, completely rejecting, at least in my heart, maybe not on my face, but in my heart I was rejecting it. And I got to tell you that when you and I come together and we celebrate the Christmas season, and, and we do it and, and we have said no to, to God's son, um, we're rejecting something about the very nature of God himself. Because here's what I want you to hear today. Here's what I want you to hear on this Christmas Eve is that when, when God reached down to earth and when he sent his son Jesus to come to this earth, to be born just like all of us have been born, to, to live a, a, an adult life up to 33 years old and experience everything that we've experienced. In doing that, God not only gave us the gift of redemption, but the way in which he did it was so incredibly intimate and personal. You see, and I think that sometimes at Christmas, we get caught up in all the activity of Christmas, which is great and good, and there's nothing wrong with it, but we get so caught up in it that we miss the way in which God chose to save the world. And he could have done it in a thousand different ways, but God chose to do it through a baby. He chose to do it through a child. He chose to do it through a baby, and in that moment, in that aspect, in that time of God sending the Messiah, the deliverer to this earth in the form of a human, but not just a human, but a baby, it communicated so much because this baby would be born, and, and he, Jesus, would have to suffer in, in so many of the ways that we suffer. You see, he had to experience birth, and he had to experience growth, and oh man, he had to experience adolescence. You know, if you read the New Testament, you read the story of Jesus, you find out that he suffered and that he was hungry and that there were times where he was lonely and he went through a period of temptation and there was a period of time where he was tired and fatigued so much so that he had to sleep. See, this was Emmanuel, God with us. And it's just not the gift itself that's important. It's not just the gift of God sending his son to redeem the world from his sins that's important. It's the very personal and intimate nature and way, the way that he went about it that I don't want us to miss this Christmas season. He could have done this in a thousand different ways. You see, in the beginning of the Bible, we read that there was this problem because God created the heavens and the earth and created the whole universe, and then he created man, and man chose, Adam and Eve chose. Um, guys, it wasn't just Eve, and, and ladies, it wasn't just Adam. It was Adam and Eve that both chose to rebel against God. The one thing that God told them to do, they did, and so it was just the one thing. You know, you had one job, Adam and Eve, and you couldn't even do that. So the one thing that they were told by God to not do, they did. And so because of that, sin entered the world, and it created this chasm, this gap between a perfect God and a sinful human race. We're all sinful. We're born that way. And God chose to redeem the world, to bring together, to bridge this chasm between a perfect God and a sinful man by sending his son Jesus 
to die for the sins of the world. And he could have done it in a thousand different ways. He could have sent a fully grown adult human. He could have sent a, a, a great and mighty king of an empire that had all the wealth and the riches and the power that a king has at his disposal or a queen has at her disposal. He could have saved the world through a king, through a monarch. In fact, that's what the nation of Israel was looking for, and many are still looking for that today. They believed that the Messiah was supposed to be a king. God chose not to do that. He could have chosen to, to send a fully grown adult great warrior who had great victories and a military leader who understood great strategy and he could have saved the world that way, but he chose not to do that. Instead, he sent a baby. He could have sent a great political leader that had all the answers for all the world's problems because you and I know that that's what our political leaders have is all the world's answers for all the world's problems, right? <laughs> I don't think so. He could have done it that way. He could have done it through science. And if you read the creation account, and you believe the creation account, he could have done it with the voice, with his own voice, with his breath. He could have redeemed us from our sins. But he chose to send a baby. And that's what we read in the gospel accounts of the birth of Jesus. Matthew 1, read it again. 18 through 23, now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And we go on to read, check out verse 21. This angel comes to visit Joseph, this one that she was betrothed to, that she was going to be married to, and they had not known each other. They had not been together, if you know what I'm talking about. And so anyway, skip down to verse 21. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. We're going to look at that in a moment. And it ends with this in verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they will call his name, and I want you to say it with me, Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is the way. Please don't miss this in this Christmas 2016. This was the way that God was choosing to save the world. And the baby changed everything. The baby changed everything. And if you doubt the story's true, which is understandable, perhaps this will give you confidence that it's true. Every prophecy from the Old Testament about Jesus and specifically, the way that he would come to this earth is 100% accurate. So God used these prophets of old to predict the coming of his son, Jesus, and it was 100% accurate. One of the things that was accurate is this idea that he would be a man and, and that he would be a child. Isaiah predicted this or prophesied this all the way back in Isaiah chapter 9, hundreds of years before Jesus' birth. Isaiah chapter 9 Verse 6, check this out. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. He writes it as if it is happening in the present. And the government will be on his shoulders and his name will be called. Now I want you to get the contrast of the tenderness and the power as I read this. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, 
on the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And of course, it came true, didn't it? He was from the line of David, which the prophet predicted there. He was born as a child prophet predicted there. We can go on and on and on and see all the different things, including the obscure small village that Jesus was born in. Where was he born? What was the name of the village? Bethlehem. Bethlehem was predicted all the way back in the Old Testament prophets, proving that this was the Son of God. But again, don't miss the way in which Jesus was redeeming the world through the gift of a baby. Have you ever thought about the power of and tenderness of a baby that exists all in one. Those of you who are parents, and maybe you've recently over the past few years had a baby in your home, you understand the power of a baby, don't you? I mean, if that baby cries, all of your attention that is given to your your work life and your home life, and perhaps if you're, you're in school and your school life, everything in a second is diverted to that baby, am I right? Don't tell me that's not power. That is power, isn't it? That is true power. A baby's dependency has the power to change everything, even our precious schedules and everything that we know and love about our life before. A baby's cry in the middle of the night will raise the dead, won't it? That's power. That's power. As they turn from children into teenagers, that power seems to get greater and greater and greater, doesn't it, parents of teenagers? But yet there's a tenderness in a child. There's a sweet, amazing tenderness in a baby, isn't there? I mean, you just look at a a baby and They give you that first smile. Do you remember, parents, the first time your baby, your child, looked up and smiled at you? Do you remember the first words? Both of my kids, their first words were, actually, it was a whole phrase, Dad is so cool. That was their first (laughs) phrase. (laughs) Sydney's not paying attention to me. Anyway, okay. Um, But... No, it was mama. Just like most of them are, that f- the first words that they utter is so tender, it makes your heart melt, doesn't it? Their skin, soft. Their frame, so small. And so God, in the very way that he was going to redeem the world, demonstrates both how powerful he is and yet how tender he is. Harry Reasoner, the journalist and the uh, co-founder of 60 Minutes, if any of you still watch 60 Minutes, this is back in the 60s and 70s that they founded. Actually, I believe it was in the 50s. And he writes this about the incarnation of God through a baby. He says this, Harry Reasoner says this, everybody has seen babies and most people like them. <laughs> I love that. If God wanted to be loved as well as feared, he moved correctly here. If you wanted to know his people as well as rule them, He moved correctly here, for a baby growing up learns all about people. If God wanted to be intimately a part of man, he moved correctly here, for the experience of birth and familyhood is our most intimate and precious 
experience. It's true, isn't it? You see, my parents were extending to me a gift that was necessary, valuable, helpful. I rejected it. I wonder if we reject the way in which God was extending the gift of redemption. I wonder if we say no to the gift because we're not really considering the fact that God wanted such a personal and intimate relationship with us that he chose to send a baby. You see, God's powerful yet tender incarnation as a child shows the personal nature of the relationship that he desires from each one of you and from me, and that he made possible by sending a baby. My prayer for you on this Christmas Eve is that you wouldn't reject that gift and that you wouldn't reject the way in which it was given with love and mercy and grace. And remember that before Jesus came onto the scene, God had established a long list of rules that we in our like intelligence as man decided we would make longer. We couldn't measure up. And so God sent a baby so that we wouldn't have to measure up. So that there wasn't a list of do's and don'ts. So that when we disagree with each other, it wouldn't really matter. So that when we would disappoint each other and disappoint him, it wouldn't really matter. So that when we had massive political differences and values differences, it wouldn't really matter. Because he loved us enough that he sent his son to die for us. A baby. And the personal and intimate nature of God reaching down to us and offering this great gift in the way that he does demands action from us. And I think there are several different responses. First and foremost, you can and perhaps you have rejected the baby. Perhaps you have rejected God's gift of the Christ child throughout the years. Maybe you're skeptical. I believe God gets that and God understands that. But my challenge to you today is is if you're here today and you're skeptical of the gift and the way that it was given and the whole story is my prayer and my, my challenge and my invitation is consider the fact that it just might be true. Consider the fact that we go all throughout this Christmas season and everything that we do points to Jesus. Consider the fact that those prophets predicted it exactly perfectly right from the beginning. Consider the fact that through wars and storms and incredible natural disasters through the years, the church has prevailed through empires both peaceful and evil, through your own personal hurt, through your own personal crisis, God was still there. So if you're here today and you've rejected him, consider saying yes to him. Consider accepting him. I think there's also another response, and maybe this is maybe more appropriate for most of you in here, and that is is that years ago you accepted Jesus as your Savior. You accepted the story of the baby and how God would redeem the world to be true, and you said yes to Jesus and you accepted him. But you know, time has taken its toll. and Things have faded, and crisis came your way. and Maybe life just got busy. And that excitement and that exuberance for Jesus has just faded over time. I think that the fact that God sent his son Jesus in the way that he did to redeem the world maybe means that it's time for you and for me 
to renew our relationship with him. To just here in a few minutes go, yeah, God, man, I've been far from you. It's time for me to get back close to you. If you hear your friends and family members who are strong Christians talk about having time with God each day or time with God on a regular basis, and you've always wondered what that's all about, well, there it is right there. It's a personal relationship with him. The baby proves that. And perhaps for you, it's just time to renew that relationship with him. So you can reject him. You can renew your relationship with him. Or maybe for some of you, you've never really even considered Jesus. And today, something that you saw or sung or something that maybe I said or someone else said up here caused you to go, yeah, I want to accept him. I want to accept Jesus as my Savior, my personal Savior. If God did the personal work of sending Jesus to this world to redeem us, and the way in which he did that was so intimate and so incredibly personal, that means that you and I can have a personal relationship with him. Maybe you grew up in a religious home and everything about God was distant. And it was just kind of like so familiar that it was mundane. And maybe it's time for you to enter into that personal relationship with Jesus and begin to walk with him on a daily basis. Reject him, accept him, or perhaps renew your relationship with him. I believe that's what the baby come to earth means, what God come to earth means for each one of us this Christmas Eve. Would you pray with me today? God, I thank you so much for that baby who changed everything. And Father, right now, I just want to pray for those who are in this room who are already Christians. And, and God, they've had a, maybe a long, um, maybe once intimate relationship with you, maybe once personal relationship with you. But over time, things have just begun to fade. Over time, life has gotten in the way and their, their journey with you has become a little boring or mundane or maybe even non-existent. But there's something there. There's an anchor there from years ago or months ago or weeks ago. God, I pray right now for those in this room who just need on this Christmas Eve to be renewed in their faith walk with you. I just want you to take a moment. If you're in that spot that I just described and maybe you've just been a little far from God or it's just been a little bit mundane, why don't you just right now say to God, I'll do my part. You've already done yours, God. I'll do my part. I'll begin tonight. I'll open up my Bible like I did weeks, months, or years ago, and I'll just begin again spending some time with you. I'll begin to listen to you again. You can just pray to God, help me in my relationship to be renewed to you. And maybe you're here today and um, you've been skeptical. Maybe you've seen the hatred of other Christ followers in the past and it has really turned you off to Jesus I'm sorry I really am maybe you've gone through a crisis in your life and you just didn't want to face the fact that uh, Jesus came as that tender baby and he died for you maybe just over and over again just like I was at nine years old rejecting a gift my parents gave me and perhaps you've done before. Maybe you've just rejected God because it didn't make sense. It wasn't logical. Maybe you've rejected him because 
just didn't want to walk out on faith. Maybe it was fear. Maybe, maybe you believed in God, but maybe you've never made that already intimate and personal relationship personal to you. Well, if you fit any of those categories that I just mentioned, and today you want to ensure that when you die, you go to heaven. I'm going to pray a prayer here in a moment, just in the quietness of this room. And I'm going to invite you and challenge you to pray it with me. You don't have to say it out loud. You can just say it in your mind and in your heart the best way that you know how to God. It really isn't important that the words you say, what's important is the attitude and the intent of your heart. And it's a prayer that goes something like this. God, thank you so much for sending the baby Jesus to this earth. Thank you for being God with us. Thank you for being God with me. And today, even though I've had times of doubt and skepticism before, today I accept you, Jesus, as my personal Savior. I realize that my sins keep me from you but I realize that you dying on the cross and rising again three days later is my salvation. And I accept you as my Savior. If you prayed that prayer with every head bowed and every eye closed, I promise you I'm not going to embarrass you. But I'm just going to ask you to look up and, and just look at me. personal and intimate and God you took the power out of everything you humbled yourself to become man thank you God for delivering in that way and we give you praise and glory for that this Christmas Eve in Jesus name we pray amen